0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vierman. I'm here with my friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And on the dials is intern Erica. Woo-woo! Guys, I want to take this opportunity to say... Please check out the Pedestal Podcast. <laughs> we could even say that the Mike on Much podcast is brought to you by the Pedestal Podcast. Love it. Yes. Cross promo. Cross promo. Uh, like I said, we have 10 episodes of season two up, 10 episodes of season one. That's 20 in total. Go check it out over the over on the feed. And every Friday, we're going to be releasing an episode of season two for the next 10 weeks. So check it out. Pop wants to do Rush Hour. Rush hour. He, he texted li- me. He listened to our episode the other yeah. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you're in for Rush Hour yeah, too. Yeah. All right. You have any I other- loved Chris Tucker as a kid. I was going to say. Would, he was would, like
1: my favorite actor. What's your favorite Chris Tucker movie, Rush Hour? Yeah, probably. He's only done eight movies. Yeah, he's, he's done like no movies. Yeah. That guy's actually had a hilarious career because he basically made so much money from Rush Hour 1 and 2. I think 1 he Been probably crazy. made a little bit of money and then Rush Hour 2 was a big follow-up and I think he got paid a lot. And he just hasn't done anything. Well, he
2: released a statement saying, I will not do a movie unless I'm paid over 10 mil. Oh, that's what And said. then they had to pay him like obviously over 10 he, mil for what, Rush Hour 3.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I forget there was a Rush Hour 3. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. At
0: some point, though, it's like he's clearly coasting on the paychecks and like sort of the notoriety of that film from mm-hmm. twenty years ago. But like, doesn't money run out? Yeah, you think so? But I, actually, I
2: think if you make good investments, mm-hmm. money can make you money. And I'll, then he'll show up in like Silver Linings Playbook for like three lines. That's
1: right. Stuff. Do you think I paid ten million for that? No, Definitely. I think <laughs> he
2: just wanted to show people that he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: also, the other ways the way you save money is you go on private planes with uh, that Jeffrey Epstein guy. Yes. Because he was actually just in the news. That was the last time I saw Chris Tucker's name was, he was two on, days ago. He was on Epstein's plane? Yeah, I think for one of those like missions to Africa. So what was that mission? Uh, I think he was going to Africa with like Bill Clinton for like some AIDS thing. Huh. Yeah, anyway. Bad look. Yeah, bad look now. But anyway, Chris Tucker, love you, bro.
0: We skipped over Epstein from yesterday's episode. Yeah.
1: Is there really anything to say on that one, I guess? Like, my question with the Epstein situation was just like... How many people know in that sort of upper echelon? It's just like, was this like an open secret? I know he'd already been kind of charged for it before. For like, those who
0: don't know, oh, yeah. uh, Epstein is this billionaire uh, person who has, there's been sort of uh, reporting that he has a pension for young girls, that he is a New York fact, City hedge fund guy. Yes, and he's a, that he's, a, he's a pedophile and that he sort of runs this sort of thing where he would throw these sort of very exclusive parties where he would bring in uh, girls that were underage and they'd be sort of these sort of, I guess, sex parties. Uh, and I don't know where he was finding these girls, but I guess he had recruiters and all this stuff. It was this sort of like huge operation. It was thought out. There was this whole construct. People had reported on this in the past. He had been busted years ago. And I guess the prosecutor at the time gave him a like a real sweetheart deal, like basically let him off. And I guess to me the story is... Anyway, so I guess like the reason this is a huge story now is because he's most recently been charged again. And the guy that gave him the sweetheart deal, the prosecutor, is now in Trump's cabinet. Mm-hmm. So it's like Trump was mixed up in all this with these New York billionaires... It's kind of like this they weird sort of like eyes wide shut, but with pedophiles and this sort of secret sex thing. And um, yeah, so I guess to me the story here is sort of like how disheartening it is uh, that the criminal justice system doesn't work um, for people who don't have money. But if you do have money, it's like you can get away with anything.
1: Yeah, well, well, this is, uh, is when we're thinking about like making this a topic. Shane brought this up the other day. We we're like, what is there kind of to say, Dude's the rich scumbag, the justice system serves the rich scumbags all the time. This guy fucking sucks. What? what, what, yeah, what
2: all we can basically say is that's really bad. The yeah. Justice system's horrible. There's like, it should be more fair. Like this is bad. Yeah. So Topics like that. They seem like they'd be juicy, but they're actually not. Yeah. They're kind
0: of just depressing. The whole story it, is depressing. It's almost like the shirt,
2: uh, Issue too with the USA team. It's like so obviously that that's ridiculous. What shirt? uh, With the, the USA soccer team, the women's soccer team.
0: I don't know this story. We talked about it.
2: Oh, it was oh uh, the shirt. That, oh,
0: that the graphic. The, oh,
2: I thought that graphic was on a shirt. No, so, no, no, sorry, I'm thinking of the Raptors did a similar uh, the shirt with the cartoon. Yes, yes, I get but you. But that's just. It seems like it would be good to talk
1: about, but it's so stupid. There's no uh-huh. like we can't even have interesting viewpoints on it except to laugh at it. Yeah, I guess my the, the only angle that I thought that was kind of interesting is, is like I wonder what other sort of like high society secrets are out there that might come out one day, mm-hmm. and what like what would surprise you, or, or is the internet you know, so revealing and there's too many iPhones and there's too many like, you know, loose lips people out there that like, it's hard to keep any big secret. Right. Yeah. But I don't know if that's,
0: yeah, I, you know. g- I guess ultimately with this story and I think Shane nailed it. It's just sort of like this depressing story, but I guess it'll be cool if this guy actually goes down and he names names and reveals who is taking part in this uh, sort of bullshit, like uh highly illegal sort of corrupt, you know, uh, like, assault of young girls you know uh-huh. what i mean it's like so i guess in the end if the justice system works this guy i think this guy's going down no matter what because when the police raided his home they went to the safe they found tons of pornography of young girls you know like i think he's fucked the question is going to be will he name
1: names that's what kind of made the college admission scandal fun though is um because the people that got caught well first of all i never really thought that much about rich people were like paying a lot of like like half a million dollars to get their kid into school but what made it fun was that it wasn't someone you'd suspect like Felicity Huffman who's such like a bleeding heart that's what made it interesting it's like right. oh hedge fund billionaire guy is a pedophile okay that doesn't really surprise me at all Felicity Huffman paying someone off to get th- their kid into school that's like ooh okay that's interesting well I
0: think one is fun because although and it's fun it's too. kind of victimless in some ways like it's it's not sort of yeah. sort of but it's like it's ultimately like yeah, we're talking about education and a construct that sort of exists. This other one is it's like, where are they finding these girls? Are they destitute? Are they being silenced? Are they being like disappeared if they speak out? Like there's actual sort of, mm-hmm. you know, victims in a way that's very tangible. Yeah. As opposed to sort of, we can all laugh at that college
1: admission scandal. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, anyway, the reason why we're all tuning in today, <laughs> not because of that, because a lot of people have been asking what my relationship status is. Oh. With... Uh, Minka Kelly or Lauren? Both. <laughs> <laughs> so that is where where we should start. Yeah. How the hell was J Lo? J Lo. J Lo's okay. Um, Walk us through it. You so g- you get into the suite. So we get in the suite. Um, I- I'm there with manager Ash. And what you always hope for in that situation is that you're not the first one of the party. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that you look like the cool guy showing up. You know how Drake, <laughs> you know, shows up to his courtside seats like after the whistle usually. Yeah. Because he can make an entrance when everybody's in their seats. So we pull up in the suite. Nobody's in there. Just me and Ash, <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, we're really hungry. So we, so we're like, do we? Let's like stuff our face with pizza now. So when Minka Kelly comes in, you're not eating. We're, we're not eating because you know we've talked about this. like, if you go to like a fancy party and there's like hors d'oeuvres passing around, you always feel a little stupid for like just stuffing your face. With no pizza. one looks good eating. No, no one looks good eating. So we get that out of the way, and then uh, Minka Kelly rolls in with like three of her friends, whom. Uh, they, they kind of politely say hello. And then... Male friends? Female, God, f- friends. female friends. All females, actually. There's th- three other kind of young women. How uh, tall is Minka Kelly? Is she she's t- not as tall as you think. She's like, I don't know, five, six or something. Right. Five, seven. Um, and I think one of them was her co-star, it turned out, that's on her, that show she's part of. The Titans? Yeah, Titans. And then they immediately go right to the front, the front row of the box. And then, really, for the next two hours, proceed to no, not turn around for uh I, di- <laughs> um, I did go with the uh, pretending not to know. Mink? mink? Oh, good to meet you. Max. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a good move. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what I was thinking was, I was like, you know, you really want um, – this is one of the situations where you really want the nut there mm. because the nut would somehow find a way to go like, oh, my buddy here, oh, yeah, I sold this whole place. You know, he'd be able to throw some line in there. He's a good wingman, great wingman. Make me seem like Pump a real, tires. real big shot, um, but that didn't happen. And then uh, I thought my chances really went even lower. Um, just even make conversation. Is what I'm referring to here uh, is in the next suite over. There was this guy, kind of at the front of the suite, uh, who looked like he, he he was like a Hell's Angels kind of guy. He had, like tat- tattoos on his head and looked very very intimidating. And it turns out, and Ash had texted me, he was like, Is that guy like a bodyguard or something? Drake's bodyguard. Drake is at the show, standing like fucking five feet from me, just on the other side of the suite. Oh my God. And of course, Minka Kelly and all of her girlfriends see Drake. So they have uh, their eyes on him. And, uh, and the reason Drake being at the show is interesting is because he famously dated Jayla. That's correct. Uh he did it oh yeah he has a song reference about her too like this was like a year and a half ago or something not long ago i think he was right before a rod yeah right before a rod so then that made me think I'm like oh that's interesting like i wonder is drake in contact with j-lo and says like hey i'm gonna come check you out are they like on good terms is he doing that to fuck with j-lo and a rod do you think like you know gossip gets back that drake was at the j-lo show and a and rod's like in miami getting really jealous like who knows? Maybe uh, he listens to the pod and heard Minka Kelly was going to be in a box. Yeah, he and figured out like, which box. Go. Goes, give me the one next I'll take to out it. Out that other half Jew from Toronto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, anyway, uh, I was I was kind of keep my eyes on Drake. Drake was like not really watching the show. He was just watching basketball highlights on his iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I've never related more to Drake in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked like I could be wrong, but it looked like he was watching Summer League, like on his phone. Oh my God, yeah,
0: I've weird. never liked him more. Yeah.
1: So then, uh, anyway, that's all that ha- I left. like. But I how
2: did you even end up introducing yourself to Minka? Like oh, it, right at the beginning? Just or at the beginning. Oh, you like didn't she sneak up behind in. and tap on her? Yeah. No, no, right. I think she came
1: no, no, in she and she came in and like. Did the room. Yeah, it was just kind of just Ash and I at the time. We're like, oh, hey, how's it going, Max?
0: Did yeah. she hand you your, like her coat to hang up? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Now you're
1: a staff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how about you and Lauren? Uh, we're good we're good You're, she does she listen to the podcast at all
1: um oh yeah well no i i play her parts though i played her the part uh y- yesterday when i was explaining her um reaming me out for getting mad <laughs> with the kawaii thing she liked that yeah. yeah and uh
2: so she doesn't mind the way she's depicted on this podcast
1: i think she's depicted pretty okay. on the
2: podcast no what do you think erica
3: uh, I don't know. I, uh, what, no comment. What, what well, because I, I find
2: I get in trouble for the way I depict Alex on the podcast. Like she was just reaming me out. She was like, "That Father's Day card you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> did you make me seem like this way." No, well,
1: you made you I'm kind like, of defended Lauren because you said like you're making Lauren sound like some old like Jewish mother.
2: Yeah, because I'm thinking how Alex is going to hear this. So yeah, I, yeah. in my defense, I was like, "You think I'm bad? Listen to Max." Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, then, but then Lauren appreciated you defending her. And then also yeah. she said, You're not wrong. Lauren, she was like, Yeah, you actually told that story pretty accurately. There you oh, go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and normally she thinks I like twist the truth a little bit. So she was, I think she's pretty happy with it. All right. Well, that's good. I, I didn't share the part about me getting really excited to go see Minky. I Killing was wondering. The, <laughs> <laughs> the part where you said, I guess I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she, no. Nah, it's all good.
0: Good. So oh man, so then so then the night ends and uh, then I
1: literally just like went to bed. I was really tired. Yeah, but does Minka leave
0: before the show's over? Or does she no, stay? we left before
1: the show's over. So
0: you left while Minka
1: and her girlfriends were still there? Yeah, yeah. But then on the way on the way out, I added her to Instagram, hoping that maybe mm. she'd slide into my DMs. Really? No dice. You really added her afterwards? <laughs> I did. Mm. Did you say goodbye? <laughs> Gave hugs all around. <laughs> no. Bring it in, girls. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, I did not do that. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> there's even points in the show where they're all kind of like dancing with each other, and I'm like, like one row up, like also kind of <laughs> dancing, but kind of by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Well, I knew all the words, so I feel like maybe I'm part of your little dance group. But. <laughs> your head just keeps popping in over their shoulders, <laughs> waiting for tonight, <laughs> right, ladies?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I sold out the Serena. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> is that Max Verstappen? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> All right, so let's get into our topics for today. We got a couple. So, so first, we're going to uh, hit on Cineplex and the fact that they're doing this movie unplanned, and it's caused a bit of controversy. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the other topic is. Uh, oh, Mark Maron slandering Hamilton. Our hometown, born mm-hmm. and raised. This Hamilton. is like a week old, but I thought it'd be fun yeah, to talk we'll about. we'll hit it. Yeah. Uh, and then
0: finally, we're going to uh, take some viewer or listener questions, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Who yeah. put that out into the world? That's actually one. Ash's
1: idea, but I put it on the internet. Yeah,
0: I, that mm-hmm. felt like a very Shane thing to do. I mm-hmm. thought it was Shane that did
2: Well, that. I do a, um, a podcast where that's all we do is take yeah. listener calls and emails and stuff. And yeah. it's, it is the most fun way to do it. Plug your podcast. It's called This Family
0: Tree Podcast. Check it out. Shane has a family. It's true, and a podcast and a tree. (laughs) Good, Uh, but uh, (laughs) um, I
2: also want to talk about Domino's Pizza. Oh, because I I tried to talk about it last time, but we could not. uh, So I want to get to little frivolous kind of topics. uh, All right, I got three little ones. So I was dissing free shit and waiting in line and how I hate it. Mm -hmm. But this is the Mandarin episode. That's correct. But Domino's Pizza shattered that. Because they know how to fucking give out free pizzas. I heard,
1: yeah, I saw you. You, you texted us the other day. A
0: new Please. Domino's opened right over on Queen Street here, uh, Queen and Spadina area in Toronto, downtown Toronto, and as part of the grand opening, they were giving away free pizzas, which Shane discovered. So this was the
2: day after uh, we had a diaper party where we all got uh, pretty drunk. So after I get pretty drunk, I usually go on kind of a mini juice cleanse. Mm-hmm. So then I am walking to go to my like uh, my juice place, but they're like, we're all out. And Juice. I go what? I go oh, can you make me a smoothie? They go oh, our machine isn't working. Huh. I go fuck. So I go, my my backup is I always just eat one single McDonald's hamburger, oh, okay. <laughs> like a, like a, just a hamburger. Yeah, with uh, I I take the bun off and I just eat like the meat, you know, because uh. that's my healthy meal. Hmm. But I see all these homeless guys walking towards me with <laughs> Domino's pizza. <laughs> I'm like that's odd. Like why would so many homeless guys just be getting personal Domino's pizzas? How
0: do you just, know they're homeless?
2: Well, the guy had one shoe on. and the, That's fair. The other, <laughs> say no more. There's another guy by the McDonald's who always asks me for a quarter. Right. Um, then uh, I go to check it out at the McDonald's. And this lineup is like moving like people are walking. No one's stopping in the line. And the guy, they're just like – the Domino's people are like – Pepperoni or cheese? Pepperoni or cheese? And they're basically frisbeeing out these pizzas. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to eat a pizza today. That's amazing. (laughs) Then I ate the pizza, and then I felt horrible afterwards because I just ate a whole pizza Mm -hmm. for lunch, and then I went on a... Real juice cleanse where I don't eat any
0: food. Well, you came thing. back to work and everybody ended up getting pizzas. You told them all. You said, hey, they're giving out free pizza over there. It's literally only five minutes. Wow. And, and was I wrong? You were. I, it was the most well-run thing I'd ever seen. But it made me did do, I, you do I, it. I did it. I went up and did it. The lot, they, like Shane said, broken into cheese and pepperoni. And then when you get in there, they had like 30 employees on staff. So basically they had a ton of people in the kitchen just pumping out pizzas. Then they had like a line of like six people handing the pizzas to the front. And then they had, they had two different line organizers basically telling people what they needed wow, to do so it was right. so well run i wonder okay
1: so are you going to go back to the dominoes Did they win you over with that i service? am the
2: biggest dominoes fan I in the world right. i have a Domino's every friday of my life for the past like four years yeah so, but what i liked about this is it wasn't like a typical free thing where you end up getting to the end and they're like spin this timbit wheel and then you get 10 timbit points and yeah give they, me your email they play some bullshit game exactly where they want your email And it it doesn't even matter about the game. It just takes 10 minutes per person. The lineup's around the block, and it's never worth it. Uh And like uh, Mike's point about the Mandarin kind of needing the passport omits homeless people. They didn't care if you came back three times. They didn't care if you were homeless. They didn't care if you were a potential customer, if you ever ate it again. They're just whipping these things out. And it was amazing.
1: That's sweet. Yeah, I wonder you know, so Nick and I in the band, we are part owners in this bar, Odds in Hamilton. Go check it out. James Street South. We're all plugging shit today. Um, <laughs> great bar. Yeah, great bar. And uh, I think with that in the hospitality industry, it's like when you choose to give away product, it's just great goodwill with the customers. So like I wonder like what, how much that costs Domino's to, to hire all those extra employees, yeah. all that free product. And if if it'll work, because the point is they want people to walk by that Domino's and go. Do you remember that time they gave away all that free pizza? I fucking love that place. I love those people. I love that pizza. And I like and it, time will tell. But it just I'm always interested when companies like, hey, nachos on us, we're good. Or like when when the coffee shop goes, hey, coffee on us. Don't worry about it. Like that's costing them money, but the idea is that they'll have customers for life. Ideally, well, everyone knows there's a Domino's there more than anything. Yeah. I think they're trying
2: to get existing. Domino's customers to know just awareness there's a Domino's here yeah. i wouldn't have
1: known it was there without that promotion yeah. yeah i i guess i wonder if they run the numbers we're like okay if if like a quarter of these people then order two pizzas in the next six months we've made our money back or something mm-hmm. like that i don't yeah. know uh second topic
2: would be uh <laughs> you cheating in the arm wrestling <laughs> <laughs> so someone pointed out on uh, Instagram because yeah. Erica put up uh, stories of us arm wrestling mm-hmm. that I lifted my elbow slightly yeah they called out me for cheating yeah and a lot of people didn't notice that you actually jumped the, jumped gun, the gun yeah by like a full second and a half which in an arm wrestle makes is a difference. makes a huge difference uh-huh. so I just wanted to uh, I guess put it out there what is the worst cheat slightly lifting your elbow up to win uh-huh. or jumping the gun probably, by a second? probably jumping the gun
1: yeah I would think so too yeah I don't really care that much. We can we can arm wrestle another gay if you want, but you know, honestly, my manager left- manager Ash is shutting that down. She doesn't want you to break a hand. Yeah, my left arm is actually really sore today. I, it's oh, been sore the, last the one days.
2: I lost with is sore. The one I won with feels great. Yeah, it's uh, weird. for me too. But yeah, right before, yeah. But uh, why, what does it, why does why does Ash give a shit if you break? An arm. He's going on tour. Going but on tour. are you known for your like killer guitar soul? <laughs>
1: <laughs> How dare you! Like,
2: don't you don't you kind of fake play guitar? No, I play a little guitar, but really? yeah, it doesn't really make a
0: difference.
1: Yeah, uh, and I had I've weaned myself a, off the guitar over the years. But if
2: you had a rainbow cast, I had that idea. That oh. would
0: create like that'd be newsworthy. People would love that. It's yeah. true. How injured would you have to be to cancel this tour coming up?
1: Oh, good question. Um... You're sitting at the show, it suck. Like the when when Dave Grohl played like Throne, like he played on the throne, because when he like broke his leg. Yeah. That sucks. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, a broken leg might do. Yeah, it? maybe. Yeah, just because, like, I feel like a lot of the shows me dancing around. So, but let's say you fall down a flight of stairs, full body cast, just your head is visible. <laughs> rainbow body cast. <laughs> would
2: you do it for all the publicity you would get? Roll them out.
1: I mean, I mean, people would remember it, that tour as the rainbow body, the body <laughs> rainbow, yeah, cast the body tour. cast tour. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you Good do. It. You keep the dates. Yeah, yeah, but also it's like. Yeah, do do we care that much about? Can- yeah, I mean, we do. We do. We never want to cancel anything, but if you cancel the show, you cancel the show.
2: Okay, and last last thing, people have been bugging me about this because I haven't been bugging you about it, and I keep promising people I'm going to bring this up. Mm. The rally cry towel, towel.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Wh- why
2: why do that? Yeah, the, this, a
1: lot of criticism over that.
0: Well, so where were we? Were we in Brooklyn? in Brooklyn? Yeah. And, and I see the photo, and I turn to my brother, and I go, because it says rally cry towel on it, yeah. and I said. And it is a towel. Yeah. 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 I go, did they think people wouldn't know it was a towel, so they had to write towel on it? And then I don't know if Greg Messaged to do it. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's giving me shit about it already. Yeah. So what was the thinking? Now? The
1: thinking was, it was sort of like an ironic sign thing, where it's like, you know, when you like identify the thing as what it is, it's like, I'm wearing a Nike shoe. And it says Nike shoe on the side. Or You know what I mean? Like So you're being funny. Well, it was supposed to be like a... Like, a little wink or something. And this isn't know.
2: revisionist history you, like...
1: No, 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 this is, this is... this No, no, we're totally aware that, like, people, of course, know that it's a fucking towel. Like mm-hmm. There's no, like, doubt about it. And we did towels last year, too. Okay. Uh, did, did it say Rally Cry Towel on it? We just thought it was funny. We thought it was, like, a little, like... I don't know. Just, we, we oh, think I, I
2: think the problem is it's not enough of a joke where uh-huh. people get it. It lives in that weird purgatory in- joke area. In-between zone, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, are I we, thought you were just saying that though after the fact. No, to make no, up no, it.
1: no. We thought it'd be like, wouldn't it be funny if we just called this a rally cry towel, like exactly what it is. Oh, Okay, yeah. Because one thought it was that funny. I got right. shit from a few people about it. Yeah, yeah. I think there, it's still a cool design. Mike T designed it. Look oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Just
0: yeah. didn't need the word towel. I yeah. knew what it was. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> We'll but it was fine We'll know maybe, for next time Maybe a bunch of people loved it Maybe yeah. just, they're just not very vocal Maybe people are like I love yeah, this Yeah, vocal minority, you guys yep, yep, yep But let's not be negative yeah. You know, okay. on this podcast mm-hmm. uh, Moving on Hey, were we going to talk about This festival that got canceled? Yeah,
1: yeah I kind of want to tie it to Because uh, that's kind of fascinating Well, you know I was, I was let's, to, start with, let's start with Marin Because uh, I want to Kind of tie it to
0: this rock okay, thing Okay, all yeah. right So Mark Marin was in Hamilton uh, Where, of course uh, Shane and I were born and raised And Max has made a home Went to University of McMaster Mm-hmm Shane and I did not go to university. No, Shane did a bit of college though. Shane did. didn't graduate high school.
2: Well, I went to college though. Unlike Mike, <laughs> <laughs> I did graduate who's, high school though. Who's more educated though? <laughs> did That's you graduate college? No, I got a I got, I got a career. <laughs> I won contests. Look at me, I'm full
0: success. <laughs> I'm full success. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, so, Mark Marin is shooting something in Hamilton. Don't know if it's a TV show, movie Undisclosed whatever. Undisclosed project. Is what some it's project that. he's shooting. So, he is, I guess, there while he shoots, living in the city. And he went on his podcast. We're spending some time in uh, downtown Hamilton. And he said, Look, I don't want to be condescending because I'm not from here. And I don't want to be the rude foreigner. I think I am supported by many people I've spoken to from Toronto and other parts of Canada that Hamilton is not. It's not a high watermark for Canada. It's a little beat up here. It's kind of interesting, but there's definitely uh It's got its own frequency. I don't know if it's the neighborhood. That I'm staying in or where we're shooting But there just seems to be a sort of Ongoing ragtag parade of Frenetic sadness in many manifestations It's weird when you focus Is not consumed by What's going on culturally you can really kind of Zero in on people and there's definitely a bit Of uh, a lot of humans Twisted by soul sickness Of one kind or another wandering The streets wow. here What a beautiful like poetic way to say Like <laughs> parts of the city are sh- is a shithole. Which which I don't think is
2: wrong.
1: Yeah, well, that's every city. Yeah. Every exactly. city
2: has a shitty park. Exactly, uh, that's like the thing. And it, weird like people. One hundred
0: percent. If you're in L- where's Marin live? L A. It's like there's parts of L A. That are fucking. If
2: you dog go to shit downtown L A. It's pretty crazy. Of course, yeah. like Garrick is saying, everywhere is like that. Of yeah. course, and, he, and
1: of course, the reaction to this, by the way, is that a lot of people in Hamilton were, were insulted because mm-hmm. he's a very internationally like successful comedian. But he hedged
2: his bets pretty well, saying, "I don't know if it's just because yeah. of where I'm staying." and that clearly is just what it is and to his credit he rectified it afterwards and he said oh hamilton has a lot of beautiful parts i want to visit the waterfalls i hear it's so nice and he brought up uh, academica well because he uh, needs like, to live there for another couple of weeks and uh, keep mm-hmm. I don't
0: th- I, no he left right
2: on when on his uh, re- uh, when he revised what he said mm-hmm. he said he left and he heard it's a very beautiful city and he praised lock street and
0: oh did he did yeah oh cool I just think that I think that the reason this became like, I mean, really, this is a local story and we're yeah. from Hamilton. That's why it even matters. But I think people have a lot of pride and they're tired of being beat up. You know, yeah. it's like the narrative is always Toronto being like they're the armpit of Ontario. There's a real little brother syndrome, I think, with Hamilton sometimes because of the way that we're perceived, or the way that people talk about us. Um, so I think that just touched on a lot of those issues. But it's like I, I completely agree. Like, I think that. Every city shit. There's parts of Toronto that are, are terrible, and so it's like for Marin to sort of go on his podcast and just beat up Hamilton like that. It just it just it did feel kind of like well, what are you talking about? It's like that
1: everywhere. If he's from Canada, you know that that's reputation. You know not like that's just not cool to kick like a city like Hamilton down at this point in 2019 in the same way that you wouldn't do it to like Akron, Ohio or Detroit. Exactly. And he did know better. If, if he was like shooting in Akron, Ohio, he wouldn't be like, this place is fucking weird because, cause he knows the history of that place and he knows the history of the Rust Belt and how industry left, like you know, same thing with Hamilton and how it's been through a few tough decades. He just didn't know the context of him shitting on the place. The, the way he described it, I think is accurate in, in some neighborhoods. Um, but, uh, it also kind of reminded me though of like what comedians this is kind of what he does as a comedian. like if, he, if he's if he's doing like crowd work at a club and he just like is making honest observations about oh those two people in the front row doing a date like <clears throat> on a, on a first date or the the certain look of a guy here, <clears throat> um, you know, like that's what he's paid to do. like that is literally like his profession is to do observational work. And his observation of, like, probably certain parts of Hamilton, which we'd all probably agree rings true, uh, is just, like, what he does. Well, Marin
2: loves Canada, too. He's always talking about how he he feels comfortable here. Like, he loves being here more than he loves being in the States. He's talked about moving here. And I think just the expectation of putting Canada on this pedestal, going to a city that's a little lesser than in an area that's a little Uh lesser than. Not that the city's lesser than. The area was. Yeah. and I think it kind of shocked him, and he felt like, oh, Canada's such a winner, it doesn't matter if I put it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we. Uh, but for the
0: record, we
1: love Hamilton,
0: and fuck Mark Maron. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, that's, that's the official position of our podcast. Yeah. That
0: being said, Shane and I are going to Just for Laughs, where Maron will be, and It would be nice to get him on the pod because this will be what I lead with.
1: That's true. That's good. That's a good idea.
0: But anyway, so um, (laughs) I just, hi, I'm Mike, and I punch him in
2: the nose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Proud Hamiltonian. See ya.
0: (laughs) Fuck you, buddy. Wearing my catch jersey. Oski, wee-wee, bitch.
1: (laughs) 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 That'd be the most Hamilton thing we do. Did you see our friend Sean Dawson tweeted at him, and he tweeted back? Yeah. Yeah. What was the tweet? It was it. something like... but how no one listens to the first 10 minutes of your podcast. That was
2: the ending punch, but it, his thing was, I think probably you're just a guy with a good vocabulary who's not funny and no one listens to the opening, Mark. Yeah. And then Mark just said, uh, probably not, mm. was his response. And then a couple of trolls attack Sean. Sean. Attack Sean. I, oh, really? Yeah.
0: Man. I uh, <laughs> Maron's Burner accounts. I love the opening. Uh, Sean with the Civic Pride. I like yeah, it. I like it a lot.
1: Um, But anyway, so it got me thinking about this Roxodus thing.
0: Oh, yes. So it's called Roxodus. Yeah, Like like Exodus, but with rock. Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) And Roxodus is a festival that was supposed to happen last weekend in Edenville, Ontario.
0: You and Mandrash have been talking about this because it's kind of this thing that's flown under the radar, but has massive bands. Oh, the lineup is
1: insane. Eatonville? Eden, Edenville, Eden, E D E N Ville, V I L L E. I think. Now that's a shithole. <laughs> have you ever been there? <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, we, no, no, we kidding, don't want that kidding, smoke I'm from kidding. Edenville. <laughs> yeah, it's a like, We'd I'm love to
0: come and check out your town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but but the big names on this bill, like wasn't like
1: Aerosmith, Aerosmith, <laughs> Leonard Rock. Skinner, Kid Rock, and like
3: Nickelback, and Nickelback, and Nickelback.
1: Each, each yeah, Nickel. I think those were the four headliners, and then underneath there's like Blondie, Theory of a Dead Man, like even the ones two and three on 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 the billing on each day were like. Big names. And, and, you know, you have a sense of like, man, to pay Kid Rock to come up to Ontario to do a show, it's like that ain't cheap. Aerosmith ain't cheap. And we are always sort of um, curious about this festival because, you know, we're in the industry when when something big gets announced. Everybody typically hears about it. And I remember seeing a flyer for it um, like in February. And I'm like, I haven't heard of this festival. And where is the city? And I Google map it. I'm like, okay, it's just north of Toronto. And these are massive names, but I like when was did this just get announced? And then we poke around and we're like, no, that was announced three months ago. So the fact that um, no one knew this festival was happening, we kind of said, like, oh God, this one, I wonder how it's doing. And one of us made the prediction that, like, oh, I bet you won't even happen. Like, you, you need know, you to kind of smell it on certain things that... Uh a
0: show with that many big names should have been talked about. Like, we should have all heard about it.
1: Yeah. And not to put on the level of, like, the Stone show, but, like, everybody knew the Stone I think, show. I happening. think
0: it lives in that world of these sort of, like, uh, legacy rock acts that people would pay a lot of money to go see. Yeah. <clears throat> and all of them on one bill.
1: So, anyway, they put out a, a press statement saying... Uh, like a week before the festival, and they say, unfortunately, we're going to have to cancel this festival. Unforeseen, like terrible rainy weather in this spring has made it so our facility is unable to host it. We're terribly sorry. Re- uh, we'll pr- provide refunds, and we look forward to being back to provide you with the best like rock experience ever. Anyway, they put out another statement the next day. It's the exact same statement, but just without the, the line, we're going to provide refunds. <laughs> I was going to just joke about no. that. No, literally. So people are like, "What the fuck?" And now there's a bunch of like local vendors who uh, are, I think, want to file a class action lawsuit because that's like a bunch of like money that they're not going to be able to earn. Uh, there's obviously a lot of like irate families that spent, you know, thousands of dollars on like the VIP package to go see their favorite bands, and now they don't know where to get their money from. Anyway, it seems like it's very disorganized. It seems like it's like a bit of a shit show. But I, I was thinking, I was like, do I want to talk about this because? Just re- related back to the Marin thing. I always was like: Am I going to offend somebody who um, who's part of it? Who maybe uh, like maybe I end up knowing this person, or they're like fans of the band, or, and maybe maybe I don't know the full story. And, so, and I'm always like a little yeah, hesitant to talk, criticize.
0: If you shit talk Roxette, how are you going to play it next summer?
1: Right, exactly. No, <laughs> it's true. But you know, I mean, so that's like when it comes to the idea of public criticism. Ah, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Is like when you publicly call out people. It's like how comfortable you are and, and who's good at doing it too. Because I think in order to be interesting, you have to be ready to offend people like Michael Lewis, who I think, who's my favorite writer and who is, I think, amazing at sort of object- the money ball writer? Money ball guy, yeah. objectively calling people out and, and observing them in a very fair and honest way. He said to me when I interviewed him, he's like, oh, every book I've ever written, people have been very mad with me. I'm like, oh man, even Michael Lewis gets it. So, I just, yeah, kind of throw it to you guys. It's like, how comfortable are you, like, making criticism?
0: Okay. Well, in this example or in this instance specifically, they're not giving people refunds. Fuck them. Like, we can criticize them. Like, that's
1: outrageous. Well, Mm -hmm. we're
2: assuming they're not giving people refunds. If they are not giving people refunds, that seems odd. Yeah. As far as I understand,
1: yeah, they're not. As far as I understand. Did
0: someone disappear too? Someone told me that last night. Oh, really? Yeah. I heard that, like, some dudes, like, run off with the
2: money. I somehow don't believe that they're not giving refunds. What I think is they probably.
0: But the thing is, what you do is it's like you don't give the refunds, then you get sued and then you claim bankruptcy. Like, I don't think those people are getting their money back. Mm. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's the plan because they don't have the money. That's what I would think. Like, maybe it's spent. Maybe they never even paid the bands. Like, who knows? No, I think they
1: paid the bands. I heard they paid the bands. Well, then
0: you got to throw the show. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, the, I guess the irresponsible thing is that we don't know the details. So we're yeah. going to sit here and we're going to criticize something. And maybe that is sort of like a, a systematic or a symptomatic of sort of the times that we're in, mm-hmm. which is that we're all just going to jump on, kill something like a hot take, but we don't have Well, info. I bet they had the best of intentions, got in over their head. Like uh, we were,
2: before you got here, we were yeah. talking about how a lot of contractors do this. mm They'll, you know, they'll kind of write a, a check that their butt can't cash. <laughs> and this is the situation. They're like, OK, we'll give the refunds. Then they crunch the numbers like, oh, fuck, we can't give the refunds yet. And then they have to do something that seems like more evil than it is. They're just unorganized. Mm-hmm. So
3: if they've already paid the bands and then they cancel the festival, do do the bands give them their money back?
1: No, the bands, no, the bands get paid no matter what. What? Oh, yeah. Even,
3: even though it's not happening? Well, yeah, because the, the bands are ready so to show up. And they've their booked their
2: off their time, and it oh, would have cost see. them if they could have had right. to show they somewhere else. They obviously
3: have flights booked, blah, blah, blah. So they just don't. So if they paid Aerosmith like $2 million already in to advance. To hold the date. I to guess. hold yeah. the or date. But the show's not happening. Yeah. Sometimes, isn't it
0: half and half? Like, they'll give you half That's and bad. then half a plunk
1: Yeah, pushing. I mean, there have been instances where bands have not been paid. I remember we played a festival <laughs> years ago uh in uh, it was like prince edward county area it was like kind of east like belleville ish and we were like pretty early on this was like 2009 maybe we were playing at like one in the afternoon but like snoop Dogg and akon and simple plan like massive bands were were headlining and we got there and there was like 500 people there it was early in the day but like it just not seem like anybody was going to be at this thing and the stories are awesome. Like Snoop Dogg basically refused to come out of his room until he got paid in cash. And so I think at that point in, <laughs> in the night, like there was like maybe like a few thousand people there. But Snoop Dogg, who I'm sure has played enough dicey shows, is like, yeah, I'm not going on stage until I get my money. And we ended up getting paid way more than we should have. And uh, How much are we talking here? At the time, I don't even remember what it was. But at the time, it was more than what we normally would. So that just meant everybody was getting paid an inflated rate if little, little old Arkells were. And I remember, like, we're like, we got the check after the show. We're like, put this in the bank immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's like, like, like go drive straight to the bank. Um, but then a bunch of other bands uh, who maybe lollygag uh, waited to. The account was drained by the time yeah, it they cashed bounced, the checks? Yeah, it bounced, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we
0: got to pay Snoop and cash. Yeah, you know, the exactly. money's going to go real quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, all, all to say is that sometimes it's, this does happen at shows where it's like festival promoters like can't pay. But yeah, but I heard these guys. Did pay everybody
0: it's a delicate tapestry too because it's like you, you need the tickets to generate like you basically you need people to buy tickets so you can pay the bands you need the vendors to pay to be able to be on the site so you can it's like basically it's like it's a shell game so the money has to move around mm-hmm. and at the end of the day you hope that what you've sold in tickets will supersede what you have to pay the talent
1: and then you make a profit but that's why all these shows break even or, or come up short yeah it's really hard like the the break-even points are always like way higher than you think like i remember like Hearing, I'm gonna get this wrong, but like you know, if there's a festival that's like capacity thirty thousand, oftentimes the break-even point is like twenty-seven thousand tickets. Yeah. So it's like if they if they sell it out, then they have three thousand dollars times, let's say, the festival passes or two hundred fifty bucks or whatever. Like, okay, that's millions of dollars. Great work. But if you sell twenty-five thousand tickets, you're literally in the hole. $150,000 however much that is yeah Yeah, it's tough Tough festivals are uh, very very tough business especially when you're setting up shop like in the middle of the field where you have to bring in all the infrastructure
2: so I was just thinking when you said literally in the hole, it messed me up. Just anytime someone says literally, I always think about them. Picture actual. someone in the <laughs> hole. Get me out of this hole. Uh, get in the hole. You didn't make it.
0: Um, That's the funny thing. So, so, so we don't know what happened with Roxadist. I'm sure there'll be some like definitive article that comes out uh, breaking down what went wrong. But I guess, yeah, we don't know, so we can't criticize them yet.
1: Did, did you see, what, um, this came up on NBA Twitter, actually, or NBA Reddit, uh, Jay Onright made nba reddit because he called chris chris broussard like a lying piece of shit or something <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and he basically called out everybody who predicted that Kawhi was going to be staying in toronto like he's like look i know all these people i know skip i know jalen i like them all personally but the fact that all these guys are walking around saying on television that Kawhi is 99 percent like certainly staying in toronto and then got, got it wrong and there's no accountability like what the fuck is that and yeah, I mean, I think he specifically called it Chris Broussard. There's a really good
0: uh, Ringer article about that exactly. Oh, interesting. All these, all the people that basically, it's like if you notice, like all the really smart reporters didn't say shit because uh-huh. they didn't know. But everybody else, well, there's an economy that you know comes from hot take culture and basically trying Russian get it right. But they've all blown their credibility by going on TV and saying, he's definitely going to the Lakers or he's 99, you know. Yeah. It's like you got to know. But anyway, there's a good article, uh, Ringer article about that. Cool. One. I'll check that. Did so. you
2: know Stephen A. Smith has been wrong about the NBA finals seven years in a row? <laughs> did you know that? Shane <laughs> no. told me which, he, that. He which, is impo- like he is. which is almost impossible to happen. Like, like statistically speaking. Statistically speaking, if you have a 50-50 shot at something, yeah. it's <laughs> less it's less than like 0.3%. <laughs> <laughs> zero point three percent. To go over zero point two percent. But yeah. The yeah, th- to go th- 0 for
0: 7. It's amazing. See, that blows my mind that he would have picked the Cavs over the Warriors in some of those years. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Unplanned. Unplanned. So, I, you know, it's funny, Max, when you sent this through in the topics last night. I, I had seen this. This has kind of caused a bit of a, a Twitter uproar that uh, Unplanned is a movie that is anti-abortion. It's pro-choice. No, not pro-choice. What is it? Pro-life. Yeah. And... Um, it's uh, Cineplex has decided to put it in their theaters and some landmarks uh, cinemas have decided to put it in their theaters. So there are people that are upset uh, by the fact that this movie ha- is giving a place to be shown. It's giving a forum. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, I guess the stance is obviously in Canada we have freedom of expression. So it's like, you should, you know, obviously everyone can have an opinion. If, you, if you're if you a pro-life and you want to make a film about this, that's great. And if you're sp- talking to certain people about this and, and that is your stance, well, that is your right to be able to make something like this. People can agree or they can disagree. Um... I guess the issue is people are like, why is Cineplex, a business like this, giving this a platform Mm -hmm. to play? So this is why they're upset if you are pro-choice, you know what I mean? And And the
1: movie is, uh, for for our listeners who don't know, um, it's about a woman, it's based on a true story, who worked at Planned Parenthood, helping abortions happen, and then had like a come to Jesus moment where she saw how it was done, and then flipped, and then became a pro-life advocate. And it's like, it's her true story, and she's really painted as a hero. Did you watch the trailer? No. Yeah, it's, it looks really cheesy, but yeah. Yeah.
0: So my question though, when you sent this story was, the the dude that released a statement from Cine, uh, Cineplex is that your guy from the Raptors game that you met? Oh, good question. I don't know. That's got to be the dude you met. It they m- that must slipped be. the ticket into your hands. Yeah, yeah. And then the landmark guy who's decided to put it in ten theaters, that's your guy, Shane. Or so our we guy. know what Shane and I think. Let it play. Whatever they say. <laughs> of course, <laughs> he's been
2: giving you free tickets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, like I watch movies like documentaries about like cult leaders uh-huh. and stuff and they always have like weird views and they're killing people uh-huh. and I'm never like that
1: shouldn't play. Right. Yeah, I guess the, uh, people are calling it like propaganda mm-hmm. um, and I guess a lot of like studios didn't want to touch it. There's a lot of like advertisers like, who, like there are a lot of people who have distanced themselves from it because it, it's so shit. It's not a documentary, even though documentaries obviously. Oh, this is to it. like a, no, this is like a, it's, it's a
0: dramatized uh, movie about her life.
1: Oh, where she's the hero?
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't know. What are you gonna do? Like, it's like people have views. People are going to 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 share those views. People are gonna make art about those views. And it's if you disagree with them, you disagree with them. Like, I won't I won't watch the movie. Like, I'm, I mean, fuck, I can't even watch movies I want to watch with a kid. But it's like uh, it's like I don't know. I guess the question is: Is Cineplex misstepping by alienating? You know, other patrons by choosing to put this film into to theaters. It that might be a poor it. business move, right? But
2: I don't think they're misstepping. Like in the the statement release, which a lot of people probably won't read, they'll just get the headline that they're playing it. Is a good statement. It makes total sense.
1: Yeah, and the statement basically is like, I came here as an immigrant, and one thing's other about Canada is a freedom of expression, and that's basically the reason why we are allowing this movie. Like, we can't
2: playing. only just see movies with topics that we like. Well, we can, but th- that's not. The movies that are released, they can't only be about things that the majority. Of people well, well, this
1: for, always right? kind of um, it comes back to this question, which I always find really interesting. Is this like when what's what's the line between giving something quote a platform and then also just having a conversation with somebody that you maybe disagree with when it comes to certain areas? Like, and I know, um, you know some podcasters get into trouble for this, like Sam Harris or Joe Rogan. They are often criticized by people, especially on the left, that go. You know, the fact that you're even having a conversation with so-and-so is a problem because you're allowing your platform, which has millions of listeners, to be exposed to this guy who is misinformed or has bigoted views. Like, uh, you know, Rogan had Alex Jones on the podcast. And I mean, Rogan's had a a whole wide array of guests. And I don't know the the answer to it. That's something I kind of struggle with because I'm like, okay, on one hand, like, I personally think I can, like, listen to alex jones and see that he's a fucking nut job maybe i'll take something that's like oh that was kind of interesting that illuminates something about him that i didn't know that i can take in but i know how i feel there's a following so there's something mm -hmm. there to me there's something interesting about the idea that like
0: we can't ignore the fact that there is a large segment of the population that is pro-life so it's like those people have a point of view. Um, whether you agree or disagree, they do exist. So it's like it's like there are people that follow Alex Jones, and we can say, well, they're they're uh, they're misguided or they're ignorant or whatever. But the fact is, they exist. So I think there's value in
1: learning what it is they're getting from him, why they are that. For way. sure. And my question is, what's the line though? Because you do think there is a line that crosses, like you know what, Joe Rogan, the fact that you had. Name another guy who's—I mean, Alex Jones is one of the worst defenders, I'd say. But like, who's the guy who got uh, banned from Twitter? Manu Milo like, uh, like any of these nut jobs. It's—it's like, where do you say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm not going to have some like Nazi skinhead on the show just because it's interesting to learn from their perspective. Like, I just don't know what that line is. Well, that's the question. So,
0: say this is a movie that let's say it's not a movie about abortion um, or abortion rights, but is about let's say a Nazi. Right, like, and it, it takes a sympathetic view towards somebody that believes in white nationalism. Sure, yeah. that movie would not get a platform.
1: No one, no, it
0: wouldn't. So the question is, do we do we think that the debate about abortion and sort of where like society falls uh, along sort of like the lines of pro-choice and pro-life, like is. Is that a debate that deserves a platform? And, and I guess the question is, it would seem like it is, because like enough people are either undecided or have strong feelings about it. But I mean, I don't know. Like if you talk to people on the extreme left that are like absolutely uh pro-choice, they'd say this movie is propaganda, it's it's bullshit, it's like it's it's warping minds. Yeah. And then if you talk to people on the right who are pro-life, they would say, Well, this is how we choose to live, and this is like we think that your side is reprehensible. So it's like yeah. Well, and,
1: and okay, so I say for this particular instance, this is where I kind of go back to something I was talking about on an earlier podcast about like how do you like pragmatically move the ball forward? And I'd say in each case, it's a case by case situation. I'd say in this situation, the fact that the pro, and again, I'm not deep involved in this world, so maybe I shouldn't talk, but the the fact that like the pro choice world has made this thing a really big deal, I think actually does themselves a disservice because they're just bringing awareness to this movie Then now there's a bunch of people that maybe are pro-life that go oh maybe i kind of want to see this movie now because fuck those people telling me what to do if they kind of let if i think and this is just me hypothesizing if they just let this movie come and go movies come and go out in and out of theaters all the fucking time and didn't make a peep about it then the movie would not get any attention i think by us by the and i think we're all we can all safely say we're all uh pro-choice i think by bringing this movie and making it a conversation, it actually gives the, uh, um, that movie way more attention and might ignite the pro-life community to to go go out and watch it and support it, which is which is like against the point because because they already feel persecuted. Yeah. So this
0: is a rallying cry for them. All of a sudden, that's yeah. like once again we're being pushed and marginalized. Uh, that no one's respecting our views. Look, they're trying not even to let our movies be in the theater.
1: Yeah, I always just think it's interesting, like when it comes to like issues that progressives like really choose to make a thing of it's like when is it helpful and when is it like actually you know what this wasn't actually helpful
2: well it's such a tricky issue because to compare it to the nazi thing is so I, I, I wasn't comparing it. i know it was know, a but sloppy give, it was a very sloppy comparison. well it's just hard because these people they just want people to live right because they believe it's murder so their intentions are fairly good even though it does it is probably harmful to society yeah to well yeah that. i guess
0: the issue is it, it encroaches on like the rights of Of like a sentient Mm -hmm. woman to make a choice. Because everyone
2: is pro-life, right? No one wants anyone to die. And no one wants to have an abortion. Even people who are pro-choice. Like abortions aren't a good thing. So it's just interesting that this movie is is like these people are just denying people's rights. But they don't look at it that way. They're trying
0: to be kind. Well, because the next step is, is, is... Illegal, like making abortion illegal and I know what, that And so, yeah. so the thing is If you're like a, a woman You're like You're trying to take away my rights By saying that It should be illegal To have an abortion So like that's the debate It's like So what's the next step If, if say the pro-life people Get their way so it, it, right. it is a kind of a dangerous thing, I guess, for the society. So if everyone you
2: theoretically in. got indoctrinated by this movie and started believing it, like let's say this movie was excellent and made excellent points and then tipped the scale like uh, we're 51 percent. And of, then we're
1: living in a Handmaid's Tale world. Passing the, laws. Yeah. Right. right. You so, know what? Maybe so, I take what I said back because there was a lot of concern for that. Just like the way the wind is blowing. Because right I, now I think
2: under your theory, it's just like, let's just let this come and go. Yeah. But what if it's an excellent movie that somehow brainwashes people into the wrong direction?
1: Yeah, well, I think this is why we have to be strategic about it. Because I think Ball Accounts is a terrible fucking movie. Even the Toronto Sun, which is a conservative publication, trashed it. It was like, <laughs> this, is, this is propaganda. It's a junk movie. It's not even telling the truth. So that's why I'm like, oh, it's a piece of shit. Like. Fuck it. Who, like, yeah. Let's let's ignore it. But you're right. But I, th- I think the battle is different if it's if it was really. Well but you done.
2: remember there was a, a movie on YouTube like years and years ago? It was called Loose Change. Yeah. The 9/11. And it was all about the 9/11 conspiracy theory, mm. and people with normal levels of intelligence got fooled into thinking that it was actually uh, uh, an inside job. Mm. And then Michael Moore's film came out, which kind of perpetuated that. Fahrenheit also. 9/11. And before you know it, I think most people believed for a brief period of time that it was an inside job.
0: I think there's people to this day that still believe that.
2: Yeah. So yeah,
1: what, what happened? So what if
2: the movie is that good? Mm-hmm. I guess we're not worried right now because this movie's not good. Because initially I was like, yeah, let let any movie play. But what if it is just propaganda that tricks people into believing wrong things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tricky tricky
1: subject. Yeah. It is a tricky one. Wrong is
0: also subjective, right? What's wrong to you is right to somebody else, and what's right to you is wrong to somebody else. And it's, I guess, society is ultimately majority rule. It's like if enough of us agree, this is the way we're going to live.
2: Yeah, but there was a time when, like you know, segregation was the popular view and all that. And I don't know. It's almost like saying, is that the right view? Like,
0: well, it took people fighting and pushing against it, right? And sort of like uh, tipping the scales as a majority. It's like people were brainwashed to some extent. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and because people don't want to think about things like that. That's kind of like. Ultimately, it's like we were talking about this actually uh, last night about sports team names and how like, you know, like the Washington Redskins is an offensive name or the Cleveland Indians. And the reason fans of those teams get so angry about that debate, it's like a mix of history, meaning like if the Redskins won a a Super Bowl in the 70s, well, I don't... Like, that's the name of the team. I don't want them to be the Washington whatevers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, I think the reason people get so upset about politics and sports is they're like, life is tough and it's shitty, and I go to watch sports, like, as a reprieve from having to think about things. Stop making me think about things. They don't Mm want to think that maybe something is wrong or offensive because it's just... They're just they don't want to think about that in that space. And
1: that, that's fair. I mean, in this particular subject, I'd also say like, you know what? We won't make you think about it. We're just going to change the name, and you can carry on watching the thing because it is offensive. Yeah, I mean, like that. When 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 they get particularly like insensible, like well, you can't because this is my daddy's daddy, my daddy's daddy, loved the Redskins. It's like, oh fuck off. We're talking about 100% sports. People stuff. just hate change more than anything. Yeah, and true. that is a huge. And part they of don't, it don't as want well.
2: to throw out all their memorabilia if you're a true fan, like. Look at all the shit we have Raptors especially after the yeah, championship. Like we're all wearing imagine it. Raptors turned out to be like some weird racial term and we we couldn't <laughs> post our <their> shit anymore. I <laughs> can you imagine. Like God, we, had to, delete, I draw the line. we yeah, had to delete we had to no. delete every photo of us wearing this. I had to throw this awesome championship hat. That's always that's an Thank interesting man.
1: What are the things that are going to be offensive in, you know, 10? I think Raptors are safe though. Yeah, so? I think yeah. they're safe. Yeah. Yeah. They've been extinct for like 40 million years. Then some historian will uncover a raptor's genocide. Extinct people (laughs) matter. (laughs) Yeah, raptor, (laughs) (laughs) extinct Extinct people matter. matter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: All right, let's move on. Extinct but not forgotten would be the hashtag. (laughs)
1: That's how we can keep the name raptors. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, uh, what's the next one, brother? Oh, now nah, let's go to, How long are we at right now?
3: We are at fifty-one minutes. Oh 51
1: okay, let Let's do some. Um, I threw it out there yesterday. Oh, on questions. Yeah, oh, if, if oh. There's any, well, if there's any question, well, one of the questions was Bachelor related. Okay, good. So um, one of the questions was. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, was about the Bachelor. Actually, okay, we'll start here, uh, and we'll try not to draw this out too long. It's a nice question, though. Hey, guy, Matt, Mike, Shane, Max, and Erica. Love the pod. I saw your request for topics, and though this is not necessarily topical, I've always wondered about the history of your guys' friendships and the Champagne Boys and had an idea for a pod talking about and maybe sharing funny stories. Actually, you know what? This may be a full pod. We're going to do that as a full pod. Okay, we'll save that question. Yeah, but the memorial episode for Mike's dad was so touching and made me think it could also be really meaningful but fun for the three of you to do something similar. Although, under, of course, different circumstances, maybe it's too sappy. But you know what? There's one thing the Champagne Boys like doing. It's talking about themselves. <laughs> uh, so we're definitely into that. Um, we had a question about, um, about The Bachelor. I'm trying to find it. Oh, The Bachelorette. How do you guys feel about Luke P and Jed? Also, how did you meet your significant others? I love a good hit love story. So let's go through The Bachelor real quick, not to bore. Mike, uh, we, we've been watching it uh, the whole season. Yeah. Uh, what gives your thoughts. Well,
2: Luke P is the kind of handsome religious guy with the teardrop eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a guy who I think is very nice until you get him mad or go against his values and then he'll snap. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go with him. Can no. you? Right? Am no, he's
1: crazy. He's he's like an inside. In, Any, anytime
2: someone's too extreme about anything, it makes me a little worried. Yeah, the, the
1: hometowns episode, they did
2: this whole church thing is Sunday school. It, was, it, was it so felt a little cultish, especially like in the be- <laughs> in the beginning, he was like seeming like a frat boy who's like just was like, you know, getting late every weekend. Well he was like his whole
1: thing was just like and he's, by the way, he's ripped. This dude is like. They're all ripped. They're all ripped. But he's, he's the most ripped out of a bunch of guys that I disagree. Ripped. Wow. Okay, save it. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> that conversation was like way too long. <laughs> uh, he basically was like, you know, I was, I, was, I was living a life of sin. I was chasing sex. I just couldn't stop chasing sex. And then I was in the shower and God talked to me. Mm. And, uh, and I saw the light and he, and he pulled me through. And, like, and then, so now... I wonder he, what he was doing in the shower when God talked <laughs> to him.
2: <laughs> Stop that. <laughs>
4: that is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, and then, so this week on The Hometowns, so then uh, Hannah meets, uh, Hannah's the contestant. She meets this guy, Jed, who's a singer-songwriter from Nashville, who is objectively like, Pretty mediocre. And Nashville is a city full of fucking awesome musicians. Are you talking about his looks or his songwriting? His looks are okay. And his songwriting is like below. Me- I think his looks are brutal. Okay. Bad looks and his songwriting also <laughs> shit. But, there uh, but, um, but You're pretty easy to indoctrinate yeah, there. <laughs> but also, he, uh, nice guy though. And he brings his, um, he brings Hannah over to his family, and basically, it was so funny. Usually, the families are pretty nice and just like kind of happy to be involved and like love their son and like want to like you're so beautiful, Hannah. His mom and his sister are like, I don't think I don't think you're good for my son. I don't think you're good for my brother. Wow.
2: And basically, well, the dad hates the process too. Oh, he hates of, the, of
1: b- the Bachelor, of the Bachelor. So nobody in the family is on board. Basically, he's like, you know, he's a musician. You know, that's the only thing he cares about. You know, he he's working on his career right now. And, she, and then Hannah's like, well, I think I can help support it. You know, they might, we might have a feel Like, I'm all in on what he's doing. And they're like, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so well, the story is, too, he had a girlfriend, which is classic Bachelor story. Then he got
2: hired to be on the show, and he left the girlfriend. Yeah. And he, he admitted on the show
1: that he just did it to pro- propel his music career. Yeah. And every scene, by the way, it's like – he pu- he pulls out a guitar. Yeah, like always. Mm. Like, uh, well, a the piano. challenge is like, or
2: or the date is like, we're going out for tacos. He's like, okay, I like this taco <laughs> with ground beef. It's like everything, <laughs> and then when he does the hometown, the, he brings Hannah to make
1: a shitty song. Oh, it was
2: brutal. How awkward was Hannah and him singing together?
1: Basically, like we're gonna write a song together. Every other like hometown date was like kind of something fun. It's like, we're, well, actually, uh, Luke's was going to. Sunday school so that was kind of shit but Tyler was like swimming in the the ocean Uh, the other dude took her up on a plane because he's a pilot but yeah he brings her to the studio he's like let's write a song together but it was like the most like annoying flex because she's not a musician Mm -hmm. so basically like he got to like show how good he is at stuff even (laughs) though he's not even really that good and like Hannah hated it anyway where are we going with this
2: okay well we're going down
1: the line here okay Uh, okay. Pete Weber, the pilot Pilot who
2: is seemingly annoyingly nice where it almost can't even be real yeah
1: he's a really sweet guy
2: and, th- and then I wasn't buying it, but then you meet his parents. Who are so nice. His yeah. parents are the nicest people. Yeah. But then you do a little research online. You find out he had a girlfriend
0: <gasps> before he
2: left. All these guys and- are ditching their girls. But it's controversial because some people are saying that it was a natural breakup and she actually wasn't into him. Mm. But the girl's friends are saying he actually asked her to move in and it was going to be a real thing. And then he left for uh, the show. Which is obviously very enticing.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Tyler C, who is this guy who's so good looking and so charming. Yeah. Well, he's, and
2: he's, he's, he's when I said there's a guy with a better body, he has a perfect body. He's yeah, he not have... too lean. He's yeah. not too bulked up. You can see every single ab. Yeah. He also has like a perfect like James Dean style oh, James Franco so face. Beautiful,
1: and... that man. Oh. Like, like Lauren literally squirms <laughs> when he comes on the on the screen. Wow. Yeah.
2: There has to be something wrong with him, though. He has to be evil in What's some way. What's his flaw?
1: He played he's, football at Wake Forest. He, like, you know, um, that's not a flaw. He models. He models.
2: Yeah. His flaw is he's emotionless Yeah. to me.
3: You think? Yeah. He hasn't opened up?
2: Totally. That's what his dad said. Um, and his dad has you know cancer. And oh, he left right. to uh, be yeah. on the show instead of being by his dad's side. And he didn't really get emotional about his dad. So... Uh, where are we going with this? So basically, are we predicting well, who's going to win? We're making the picks. Yeah, okay, yeah. So what who, you think who? Do you, uh, Tyler would be the obvious choice, but I, I because I, your
1: theory is whoever's the hottest on the show will win. Yeah, that yeah. It, every year that happens, but mostly,
2: most mostly, I was shocked a couple of times. But I'm going to go for Luke P, even though he seems because they have a weird connection.
1: Yeah,
2: Hannah's already said she loves him, which is usually a tell that in fact they're not going to win. Uh-huh. Because they like to be like, ooh, why'd they keep the I love him part in? But it's always because she's not going to go with him. That's why they're w- the producers are willing to let that fly. But she's... Southern people like religion. Mm-hmm. And what would scare away, air quote, normal person does not scare away a Southern person when it yeah. seems like someone's overly religious. So for that reason, I'm picking Luke P., I, even though it's going to burn in flames.
1: Yeah, I think Luke P. is, is going to win too. I think because... He's so devoted to her, so that's probably can be an appealing thing to someone like Hannah or any anyone for that matter. Also, um, I think he he's a bit of a project. Like she's totally the boss when it comes to their. That's relationship. That's the only one she's yeah. the boss in. Yeah, yeah, she's just like she was scolding him in front of uh, his family, but mm-hmm. she kind of loved it. And yeah. she was like, "Oh, I have a lifetime of just like telling this idiot like when he's wrong. <laughs> that that can be good." So yeah, I'm with you. Oh, and also they've set up every trailer to make it seem like she's waving him goodbye because like he questioned if she's had sex before. Well and he it, said if you have sex, it's I'm, out. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it
2: cuts to him leaving in an
1: uh, SUV. So this is all setting up for a big turnaround. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I want to say, which I just thought was funny. So basically that episode happens. Jed's been under scrutiny this whole time because there's all these reports coming out of Nashville that his ex-girlfriend is like, he was still with me when he was when he left for the show, et cetera, et cetera. And then his mom and sister are super mean on the show. So he put out a, um, an Instagram post with his family. And he said uh, – until then, I, uh, he's like, you have some questions. I want to answer them, but I can't do it right now. But until then, I ask that you please understand how much the action is being taken towards myself, my family, the men on the show, and all of the above, Hannah, are affecting all of our mental and physical health. It goes beyond what's said online. Threatening letters and phone calls have been sent to our homes. My parents and sister are being verbally attacked in public. I beg you to remember what seems like a harmless action is damaging to real people. I want to thank you for all who have reached out and reserve judgment until I'm able to speak openly. Anyway, there's just something – oh, also – and John Paul Jones commented on on that post. You know Who? John, John Paul Jones, like the, the kind of the goofy model guy. Oh, yes. yeah, he he Former goes, actor. Yeah. Jed, hope all's well, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you
2: even read my caption? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but uh, there's something hilarious to me that like there's Bachelor Nation fans that are just, like seeing Jed's sister on the street and like reaming her out. I like Jed's sister. I'll yeah. say that. I like Jed's mom. <laughs> yeah. You do? Oh, my God. What do you think of Jed's sister? also like
2: her yeah i think she could be the next bachelorette you know who should be the next bachelorette um luke p's mom luke p oh my god luke p's mom is amazing she she looks like a, f- a 20 year old 50 year old or no am i saying that wrong a 50 year old 20 year old yeah like she's ageless she just has gray hair yeah it's crazy yeah and she's so like calming and i like her voice and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. It's a sin. <laughs> and, uh, who do you think is going to be the next Bachelor?
1: I think Tyler's going to be the next Bachelor. Yeah, he'd be perfect. He but is. I do
2: think they're due for a black Bachelor. Mm. And that guy was pretty hunky, the one who left. And he was pretty sincere. Yeah,
1: I agree. I forgot his name. All right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, it's cool. I've
0: just been watching Summer League highlights over here like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a question uh, that was sent to me by a listener. Hi, guys. I'm having this problem slowly build up in my life. I have this friend, let's call him Bobby. We've been friends for over a decade. He's one of my best friends, and it's great because he works nearby my apartment. At first, I thought it was fun the way he'd stop by and say hello, but then one day, he asked if he could use my gym. Before I knew it, he took up my front hallway closet with his gym clothes. <laughs> then he start then he started leaving bags there including his work equipment. Now, his bathroom stuff is all over my counter. He uses my shaving equipment, he wears my large-sized boxers and leaves his dirty medium ones, sometimes even on the bathroom counter. He even complained once none of his dirty boxers he left had been cleaned for him. Lately, it's gone a step further. He started staying at my apartment when I'm not there. The thing is, he lives in the city. He even leaves the door wide open often when he leaves and my dog has run into the hallway. To top it off, he recently asked for a fob and key to my apartment. Mike on much, tell me what to do, a disheartened friend. PS, my fob is in his pocket right now. <laughs> this is Dan <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> I think Bobby might be uh, Max Kirby. Yeah, right. gu- guilty as charge.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's that, a good joke. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, that's very good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dan. Is all that true? Uh yeah, most of it's true. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: you shave with his shaving stuff and you no, I have my own underwear shaving cream. Okay. And
1: shaving razor. All right. I, I think do, it's okay I, I do borrow his underwear sometimes though. <laughs> and you get mad when he doesn't clean yours? Well, I mean, I threw him in the wash. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. Because
2: <laughs> I think if you have options to sleep somewhere else, you can almost get away with doing that stuff. Yeah. Because it's like I, I could go somewhere else. But if you had nowhere else to go and we're doing that, it would be much worse, I
1: think. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason why I go work out at this place sometimes is because I'm downtown and I like to break up my day. And I, I go to the gym at my place, but I'm more up in the annex. So Dan's place is right around the corner from where we're recording right now. And it's your building as well. Yeah. And, and Dan loves it secretly. Oh, Dan loves it. I think Also, for the record, he texted me last night at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, Tomorrow after you record the pod, I want a venti iced coffee with an extra special shot, only cream, no sugar, and the ham and pepper egg bites delivered with my fob. Love, love you with heart eyes. That totally uh, disqualifies his whole rant email. Yeah. That's yep. hilarious. Do I leave it there because it's getting pretty long? We'll do a, more of a Q&A next Yeah, time. cool.
2: Oh, I thought we were going to... We're not going to give the advice to a real person? We can't end with that? Did anyone you want ask to for that? advice? Well, some, I, I someone, someone said did. how to meet people. In the oh, stadium. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay,
0: so, okay. So, so leave all this in. Uh... We listeners, to, we're going to we're, we're gonna do one last uh, question, and then maybe we'll finish with a couple questions on the next episode, too. Yeah, I'm trying to find This is a good feature. I, yeah, it's good. I just, so what's the advice? So what did Shane say? Meeting people the in the city? Person new
2: to a, a city. Yeah, let's like find out what the
0: name of the person is yeah. and read the question.
2: Um, Max put it in an email. Oh.
0: This is from Cassandra. I just moved out for the first time into the GTA from Southern Ontario. Woohoo for post-grad adulting. Congrats. Congrats, indeed, uh, to Cassandra. I'm wondering if you guys have any tips for making new friends in a new city. So we'll answer this question. We'll wrap this pod, and then we're gonna do, we'll do a couple questions at the end of every pod. Yeah, because yeah, people good. have been like, there's lots of shit yeah. in here, in the inbox is great. So, guys, how do you make new friends in a new city? It's a good question. It depends what you're good at. If
2: you're a social person, you can just go out to a bar alone. Mm-hmm. Just like some people are like that. I figure you could do something like that, Max. And I think you're good at that, Mike. Like you'll go to a bar and just read a book, and if someone's sitting next to you, you'll chat to them all night. Yeah. Yeah. For a person like me, it would be a sport. And yeah, I was actually reading this online for people who aren't good at small talk and all that bullshit. They're very good uh, in sport settings when it becomes competitive. Mm-hmm. And I find I'm actually the best when I'm on a sport team at chatting and being vocal and team-oriented. And then people tend to like me best in sports like join
0: a random soccer team yeah
2: there's yeah. a lot
1: of adult sports leagues out there so sports that, that, I, I was going to give like a, that suggestion too is that it's like and you don't even have to like make your own team there's you, you can usually enter the league as like a random person that will throw oh, you for on. sure and yeah. they always want to go for drinks afterwards yeah mm-hmm. so that's a big part of like softball soccer and also like if Playing on a softball team has nothing to do with your ability to actually play softball. Like just it's about the hang, yeah, it's about the hang. Mm-hmm. So like, if you, even if you're not into sports and you can like kind of play softball, just remember that it's more about being outside in the summertime.
0: Yeah, uh, like in other things, like, yeah, uh, like if you don't drink, like, go to a yoga class. I feel like people will talk before and after. Yep. I think still, though, if you are an introvert, it might be hard to strike up a conversation. Mm-hmm. But, like, what are other social things that people can do where you
1: actually have to interact? I feel like there's something like meetup groups and stuff. I know some people that have done that before. It's like meetups to go to the movies or something like that. And I, I know it maybe feels a little lame to, to, to Yeah, I feel do like that. that would
2: just attract total losers, though. Hi there. Shane here doing a quick editor's note. I just want to clarify when I said the word losers... I meant to say the word nerds, and I'm on a juice cleanse right now, so I actually thought I did say the word nerds, but anyway, that's what I meant to say, and what I meant by that is uh, that maybe it's not a good idea to seek out friends in a very specific field or an extreme interest if you're not interested in that field because you will not end up finding like-minded people, but hey, as you'll see soon, Erica proves me wrong, so there you have
1: it. Thank you. Yeah, but but the thing is, you have to remember that there's a lot of people in your position out there that aren't losers, <laughs> whatever that means, um, that are in the same boat. So, yeah, I feel like even um, like, like something like apps like Bumble and stuff have like a friend thing. <laughs> they do. do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like so without the intention of dating, not, not romantic. That's cool. Yeah, so I think there's got to be. I don't I don't know if you'd get the normal people
2: you'd want to in that like I think it'd be an extreme level of I'm just gonna say lamer people doing that sure I think you' you're more likely to meet like real friends mm. in a sporting event going out to a bar or something like that like i i I would just think if, if I was to go on bumble to meet friends I wouldn't be meeting guys like you mm. and i'm I'm always good at making friends with. Normal people. It's just I'm not a normal person at meeting people. Sure, sure. I, I
0: have a lot of empathy too, for, like because a lot of people are friends with who they went to high school with, or yeah. like you know, like all of our friendships expand well over a decade. You know, it's like they've kind of been forged through fire and time. Um, sort of like, I, I just yeah, like what would what would be my first move if I was like, a, sort of a single person that moved to a city by myself? Like, what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. let's say I just moved to Saskatoon and I want to make friends. I think I would probably join a sports league. That would be something that I would do, um, but I'm trying to think of something for people that don't like go to bars either. Because like,
1: yeah, I mean, e- even finding if you are lucky enough to live in like a, a neighborhood with like a cool local coffee shop, and you know, and you kind of make it part of like, your morning, yeah, like. You're, like you know I know the place around the corner it's like everyone kind of knows each other there's like a there's a sense of community there and
0: neighborhoods have and neighborhoods too usually have community events yeah and neighborhood or like, associations like you know like exactly. go,
1: go go to the neighborhood cleanup at the park or something like that like that is actually exactly. really nice and there's good people there you'll too. meet
0: a couple You might, be, and then it's like all yeah. of a sudden like hey come over for dinner and then all of a sudden you maybe get into their friend group and, and mm-hmm. sort of infiltrate that depends though
2: it, like a cleanup group seems like you're gonna get a lot of really good people who are extremely good so, so you nice. don't want them too lame <laughs> But you, know, <laughs> I, <too good>.
1: I <laughs> you want that middle section where you're well, yeah, just, scummy, just but you're normal
2: kind people like you guys. Like you guys are normal. Hey, I helped out with the neighborhood cleanup before.
1: Yeah, volunteer. I know,
2: but We've I feel, I feel things. like you're a huge outlier. I, I, feel like it's like it's like Luke P. He's too religious. You know what I mean? <laughs> a guy who's too fit. If a guy's eyebrows are too groomed, something's weird about that. I just want to meet normal people. That's why I think honestly
1: the best suggestion is softball. softball is pretty normal but you ruling out the neighborhood association for park cleanups is hilarious you're gonna get too many goody goodies
2: and i'm not saying what if cassandra's
1: a goody goody yeah
2: if you're a goody goody do the neighborhood park cleanup Yeah, okay.
0: you'll meet lots of friends someone will invite you for dinner i'm
2: assuming here just because i'm me and i assume that she's like me Mm -hmm. right and so i'm giving advice from my perspective if you want to meet guys
1: like mike and max Join a softball team. Yeah, softball. Softball's pretty good. Also, like, there's like dragon boat teams and like random stuff that again you don't have to be athletic for, but you can just like go out and hang out. Yeah, I was going to e- suggest that dragon boating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Erica, just it. so casual, like everyone knows what that
2: is. Well, Join a those. dragon boat team. <laughs> <laughs> <You're
1: wrong>. Sounds <laughs> dangerous. Uh, Eric, got any ideas?
3: Um. Yeah, volunteering is always great. Volunteering. Yeah, is yeah cool. I like. I volunteered at a soup kitchen for a while. Lots of normal people there. Cool, young, normal people who just wanted to volunteer for a couple hours on high the weekends. character people are also um like as she's going to school she says Oh,
1: she just graduated just post-grad. finished yeah. oh
3: Moving well when city. I when I moved to Toronto I got a part time job at a restaurant which was super fun like those people became really close friends of mine for a long time yeah Even actually that's
1: not a bad idea if you have a chance to if you have time to work yeah. Like a, ra- like a serving you always, job at, a, at he, the right place can be fun. Yeah.
3: Like a cafe or a restaurant part-time job. You always end up getting like a circle of friends there. Oh, no, that's smart. They're pretty like social it. people. Yeah. yeah. And you can make money. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I do feel like girls actually would be more likely to be, if it's a, if it's a woman, they, you can find normal people at a soup kitchen. <laughs> I think. So you're back on the goody-goody tip. For women. Yeah. I don't feel like you'll meet normal guys at a soup kitchen for some reason. I like, think you just looking for friends. No, we, yeah, right. we
3: met like normal couples. That That's what I mean. I together. mean, if I was a guy
2: looking for friends who are like-minded like me, I, a soup kitchen, I
1: feel, would be a bad spot for me. Hmm. You know what? The last mm-hmm. thing i say is um, little, whatever group event you're going to, little olive branches actually go a long way. So, like, in times when we played softball... And there's a new random person on the team who doesn't really know the rest of us, and they bring like a thing of freezies for everybody. Totally. I'm like, I fucking love this person. Yeah. Yeah, like, like. It really does help. It really helps. If, if you can, like, you know, I'm going to spend an extra eight bucks here today, and people will like me. I'm going to buy my friends
3: today. I'm going to buy my friends today. Totally. It
0: totally works. It works. Yeah. So bring freezies to whatever you're going to, yeah. soup kitchen, although they might rush you. <laughs> <laughs>